21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. We've had about 20 centimeters of rain over the last 48 hours. And um, so I haven't seen any leaks in the roof yet. We had a, a creek and two waterfalls in the backyard over the last weekend. And, um, and the neighbors are flooded. And um, yeah, and the kids were hoping that there'd be no school today. <laughs> well, thanks, Martin. It's uh, it's great to be here. Thanks for getting up at four o'clock in the morning to interview you, crazy man. My name is Peter Strokov. I run a business called Peter Strokov Advisory, and what I advise people on is how to sell more faster. I've been doing this for 10 years now, and, and prior to that, I spent uh, 20 years in the corporate sector working for sales and marketing departments in very large global organizations. And prior to that, I ran my own uh, small media business, which I then sold to my biggest customer. Um, but, the, but the subject of what I do right now is to help business owners in Australia, in Europe, and in America to sell more faster. And I, I do that through a, a number of, uh, of ways. One is, I'm just about to launch a new book. Uh, it's called Smarketing, Sell Smarter, Not Harder. And it's really about how you can rally your teams together for more productive selling with just a few um, quick tricks, techniques. And, um, and it's the significance of the book is not that I talk about the productivity improvement. That's, that's, um, that talk's been had for 10, 15 years. That's nothing new there. But what I talk about is an exact methodology, like step-by-step -step method in terms of how to start the conversation within your organization, how to make everybody part of the solution and to make it, make it uh, successful and make it last. Your new book, Peter, outlines your proven methodology to significantly boost sales results as well as uh, marketing performance across the board. Can you tell us more? When we talk about the, the new ways of selling, I have been thinking about the old sales funnel. And you, you know the sales funnel, you, you put leads into the top, uh, they get advanced by marketing, they get handed over to sales once they're qualified and then sales will advance them and then eventually a sale will drop out the bottom. Right? Guess, Martin, when that sales funnel was first invented, what year? I have no clue. Well, I, I can tell you it was invented in 1898. Wow. Not 1998. <laughs> yeah, I understand. And, and here are we 120 years later and still using it. The sales funnel is really measuring us, uh, how we progress a sale through the funnel to, to the point of a, of a transaction. Right? It's measuring how we want to advance this, the, 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 the sale, how we want to sell, uh, how close we are to the sale. How much of that is about the customer? Zip, nothing, mm -hmm. zero. Mm -hmm. So what I've done is I've said, what happens if we turn around and look at the same sales funnel from the customer's perspective. And so I've come up with something I now, I now call the buyer-focused sales funnel, right? And, and it has 10 stages in it. 
the, the first stage is where I, I first meet the organization and I, I, I might see them on a website, I might see an ad, I might get a, a, a newsletter, something. I immediately want to know what are they like to work with, right? Are they nice? Are they informed? Are they intelligent? Are they knowledgeable? Or are they just out to get a sale? Yeah. So then I want to know exactly what products and services do they offer? How clear are they are these products and services? So that's number two. How well are they defined? Number three, what is their unique value, uh, selling proposition, their value proposition that, um, that tells me exactly what's in it for me? Number four, how do I know I'm an ideal prospect for them? Yeah. Or from looking at it from the inside out, who are ideal customers and prospects? Where can we find them? How do we engage with them? Sorry, six. How do we engage with them once we know who they are and where they are? How do we fend off our competitors and make sure that we're the last vendor standing? How do we use our proposals? Not necessarily the content that goes into the proposal, but the proposal process itself mm -hmm. to win a deal or to give us an, an unfair advantage. A lot of sales reps, when they ask for a proposal, what do they do? What's the first thing they do? They send a proposal. And, and I tell all my clients, that's, that's exactly the worst thing you can do. When, you, when the client asks for a proposal, you send them a proposal. Why is that? <laughs> it might be a bit counterintuitive, but, but uh, here's why. Right? Because what happens once you send the proposal off? You've sent the email off and it's gone out. What happens? Crickets. Nothing. You don't hear back from them. You don't know. Have they read the proposal? Have they not received it? Have they already bought somewhere else? You know, are we just a one, one to make up the, the three points that they need to get? And, and the sales rep gets, gets very nervous and then they want to follow up, which makes us look desperate. So all sorts of bad things happen once you send the proposal off. So what I propose to my clients to do, what I advise them to do, is to say to the client, yes, Martin, I'd love to send you a proposal, but it's very important to us that our proposal meets your requirements. Therefore, can we make an appointment at two o'clock on Thursday to go through our draft proposal just to make sure that it's, it's meeting all the requirements, it's doing all the things that you want to do. Now, if the client says, yep, that's, that's great, let's do that, then what do you know from that? They're interested, right? They're actually interested in your, <laughs> in your proposal. If, however, they say, no, nah, that's okay, just send it through, what does that tell you? that you may just be one of a number of um, quotes that they need to get in and you're just there to make up the numbers. They're not actually interested in your proposal. And, and all that time that you spend putting it together is, is really wasted. Plus, you've given them all your confidential pricing information that they now can use against you next time around. Right? So what, what I say to my clients is ask them to, to get with you the proposal in a call and, um, and essentially help you to write their proposal with them, right? And, and um, I, I give you a story of one of my North American clients who runs a, 
quite a specialist compliance um, business, compliance assurance business in the manufacturing sector. And a client rang him up and he, he, they said, look, we need, a, we need a quote from you. We need a, you know, we've got a new project, can you quote us on it? Now, now this was an existing client, not a new client, but, but nonetheless, he used this technique. He said, yep, that's, that's brilliant. We'd like to give you a proposal, but uh, as you know, it's very important to us that our proposals meet your requirements or hit your mark or whatever. Can we therefore get together in a call and just walk through the draft together and make sure that it, it, it suits what you need? Right? Well, this client brought in their entire executive team into this call. It lasted for two hours. And after everybody had spent two hours on a call with this particular vendor, the client was never going to go look at another proposal ever again because they, they knew that they had gotten everything from this one. Plus, they had spent so much personal time, effort and energy on it that they got they went, I don't want to do this with anybody else. My client got a multi-million dollar project out of this little, little technique. Yeah, and, and they eliminated their competitors in one stroke. So that's, that's number um, eight. Number nine is how can we give our customers a superior pre, during and post purchase experience? Because, and why do we do that? Because if they have a nice experience, they come back and give us more business. You know, everywhere else that they go, somebody else, somebody new, they'll be taking it, they'll be feeling like they're taking a risk because they don't know what they're getting. With us, they know exactly what they're getting and it's a good thing. So they, they bring us repeat business. Number 10 is how do we train them to become advocates for our business? So not only do they buy from us again and again, but they also tell all their friends, colleagues, mates, contacts about us and, and get them to buy from us as well. So there are the 10 steps in the buyer focused sales funnel. Peter, where can we find more about your work and maybe even uh, some resources? Okay, so um, first first answer is um, go to peterstrokeop.com. There, there are several tabs there. One is called One Tabs Marketing. And there's even a self-assessment test in there where you can um, test your marketing score for yourself. Um, it's, it's free, it, uh, it takes 10 minutes to do, it's, uh, it's not uh, onerous. There is a, um, a tab called the Buyer Focused Sales Funnel, where, where again, you can take a, a test. You can uh, do a self-assessment in terms of checking how buyer focuses my sales funnel today and where do I have opportunities for improvement still. And then I offer a free advisory call to go through your results with you. And, and I do that so that um, you can have a chat about it, your funnel. I will try to resolve one of the challenges that you've experienced in, in the call, if I can. But the, the main purpose there is for you to see how I work and whether there's a good fit for us to work together. And you can make an informed decision in terms of whether you're going to buy from me, just like I said earlier, because you know, my philosophy is not to ambush you and, and, and overwhelm you with, the, with stuff. You need to have a, 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 the experience of self-discovery, run it past me. And then once, once you have all the information that you need to make an informed decision, then you can. And that's why it's a free call, because otherwise you'd be suspicious, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and I wouldn't be able to give you value um, without um, without you feeling that you're taking a risk. So, so that that's I I I follow my own philosophy in that regard.
terms of customers, I deal with organizations between one and a hundred million dollars. I, I have helped some startups as well, but um, they must be startups that can afford to, to pay me. <laughs> I, I love I love helping people, but if too many people reach out to me and want my help, I, I, I don't get any other work done. So, so ideal clients, larger organizations for the sales and marketing alignment piece, for this marketing piece, because they need to be large enough to have a sales team and a marketing team that yeah, can do with some help. In terms of the bio-focused sales funnel, it's remarkable how universally applicable that is. It can apply to organizations from startups to $100 billion multinational organizations. I, I just find that the small and medium organizations are more ready for change and more open to implement change than the large multinationals. The large multinationals are very hard to get into as a as a small player in a, in a big, uh, big, big world. But also, they find it difficult to implement change internally themselves. And so they, they'd rather stick to what they know. And, and I always say to my clients that the, the seven most dangerous words in business are, we have always done it this way. And, and that inertia is very hard to overcome in very large organizations. So, so for the, for the bio-focused sales funnel, probably more the organization between one and 50 million. And for FOSS marketing, probably more the, the larger organizations in 50 and up. 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. Spread the word by leaving a rating and review on iTunes.